Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at Naoth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. (laughs) And then Saul was told, He sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. (sighs) Guys, the Lord has really turned the heat up against Saul, hasn't he? Did the Lord not already tell Saul through Samuel? If you remember back in chapter 15, he said, Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul doesn't seem to remember that the Lord told him, You're out of here. Samuel was the only guy on earth that had the guts to face off against Saul. And he told him, you lost it. It's gone. But now Saul, he's so emboldened from ignorance that he's sending wave after wave of men. This group go get him. That group go get him. That group go get him. And every time the Lord hit them and they prophesied. (laughs) Rendered useless. They were zapped by the Spirit of God. You know, David, we have to consider. David is God's chosen man. Prophecy is wrapped up in David and Satan is trying to kill off David to kill off prophecy. And when God makes a promise, nothing gets in the way of that. He will protect it. If Satan can make God out to be a liar, if Satan can kill off prophecy, if God is a liar, then nobody will trust him. And you can see how the enemy is trying to work to try to take God's promises out. But God is all-powerful. And so the Lord put a force field around David. I'm a Star Trek guy. The Klingons start coming attack. The first thing the captain says is red alert, shields up. God put a shield around David. And every man that Saul fired in there, once they hit that Spirit of God force field barrier, then bam! They were taken over by the power of God. Do y'all want this in your life? I do. When the power of God hit them, that power flowed up out of their mouths as prophesying. To prophesy means to proclaim a message from God. What, you know, what's really in there is going to come out of your mouth. I hear people that tell me they're saved by God. I've given my life to Jesus and their mouth is as filthy as anything. When you drop a bucket in a well and you pull up mud, what's in the well? Mud. If you drop the bucket again in another well and you pull up sand, what's in the well? Sand. If you drop it in a well and pull up water, what's in the well? Water. What comes up with the bucket? That's what's down in there. And so these guys are prophesying. They're proclaiming a message of God. 
And so every wave of men that Saul sent in, they got hit by the Spirit of God, and they ended up speaking messages from God. Now, I want to think, what, what could they have been saying? I mean, who knows? Maybe they suddenly understood that David was God's chosen man to be king. Whatever it was they prophesied, they spoke in agreement with the Lord and stopped speaking in agreement with Saul. They turned. You have to turn. And so Saul lost every group of assassins that he sent to kill David because now they were speaking according to the Lord. There's a story I remember about this man that was told to go kill this pastor. So the hitman, the assassin goes in, much like they're trying to go after David. The assassin goes in, he's got a gun. He goes in and the church service is on. He goes in on a Sunday, he figures I'll, I'll catch him after service is over when he goes back to his office. Well, he heard the message <laughs> and he got convicted. The conviction and the guilt was so great that he was there to commit a murder. He couldn't stand it. And so the pastor called, if you have something that you need to repent of and get some sin out of your life and give it to Jesus, come up front. (laughs) And the assassin went up front and he fell on his knees and the pastor gets down next to him and he goes, what's the matter? And the hitman goes, I can't, I can't. And the pastor goes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) So what ended up happening is he had to, he produced a gun. He says, take this. I was sent here to kill you. So what basically happened is this man went in to kill him. The Lord zapped him. And then he started speaking in agreement with the word of the Lord. Wow, what a story. And so the Lord stopped that man from wicked intentions. And he ended up proclaiming a message from the Lord, just like what happened to Saul's men. It still happens today. First Samuel 19, 22. Then he, Saul, also went to Ramah and came to the great well that is at Sechu. So he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they are at Naoth in Ramah. So he went there to Naoth in Ramah. Then the spirit of the Lord was upon him also. Guys, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it. Verse 23. So the spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and laid down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Okay, this is another one of those confusing what's going on moments right here. What's happening? I think the meaning here. He was not completely without clothes, but when the Lord took him over, the wickedness of Saul just freaked out. What we got to see here is that the wickedness of Saul just flipped and he's prophesying and just clothes and what and what's going on here? I don't know. Saul was probably thinking the same thing. What's happening? The big picture that we need to see is that Saul himself came in and you know, when a king travels, lots of guys goes with him. So it wasn't just like the three waves he sent. There's a lot of guys come now. And when he got here, the Lord took Saul over and held him down to immobilize him, to make him stay all day. Why? To give David time to get away. Saul flipped and whatever he's doing is what he's doing. But he has been immobilized so David could get out of there. As a matter of fact, the first verse of the next chapter says that David fled from Ramah. And so Saul is laying around in this controlled state 
basically being held down by God to allow David time to get away. Guys, I want this in my life. I want it. And I hope you want it too. God put Saul and his men into a condition which immobilized and stopped them. It made, God made them incapable of carrying out their wicked intentions. And that's a hard thing to understand in this world because there's a lot of people carrying out lots of wicked intentions. Why do they get away with it? Well, here's really the question I want to ask is, do you want them to get away with it against you? Do you want them to carry out evil intentions against your family? If the answer is no, then you better get close to the Lord. Quick. And something I find even more fascinating, and this will get you if nothing does, is that God is able to cause even the wrath of man to praise him. That's why it looks so weird. It wasn't making sense if you saw it. There were people were asking, is, is Saul among the prophets? Maybe, it was, maybe they asked that in a mockery. What's going on with this guy? The Lord causes even the wrath of man to praise him. You know how scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Did you know that that includes even Satan? The Lord knows how to cause wrath, even wrath. Even unrepentant, willful wrath is going to praise him at some point, one way or another. Even the wicked are under the authority of God. That's how God was able to send that distressing spirit to go afflict Saul. Now, in Saul's case, what we are essentially seeing here is that the Lord will accomplish his will through his people, regardless of what the enemy tries to do to stop it. Aren't you glad of that? Because the enemy tries a lot, especially with things going on today. The enemy's trying to do a lot of stuff to stop God's will, and it will never happen because God has control. Here's a verse I love. I had a Bible cover a long time ago that had this verse right on the front. Psalm 138, verse 8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That is a promise of God because it says the Lord will. It doesn't say might. It says he will do it. And the reason he can make that promise is because he's capable of doing it. What I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get you to see beyond just the story of David. The story is recorded here for us to read so that we can see how that the Messiah would come from David's line, but also that you can know for yourself that if you are in Jesus, then God has a calling on your life. That means there is not one single thing that anybody can do to stop it ever. If God has a calling on your life, this does not mean we get to just chill and take it easy. Oh, God's got a calling on my life. I'm just going to chill out and just whatever. No, because we have to conduct ourselves like David did. There is a responsibility on our part because as it says, David conducted his, his behavior was wise. He behaved wisely before God. And if you will behave wisely before God, then the Lord God will protect you to work his will. Every single week, I know that I'm under attack. And I know that I also know that the attacks I get to see, the visible ones that I'm aware of, that's only a fraction of what's actually going on out there because most of the major attacks don't even make it past that force field to me. But I have to be behaving wisely to have that shield up. Now, there's a picture that means a lot to me 
that I really like to look at. Go ahead and put that up. And I put a verse on it, Psalm 9111. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. There's a guy reading a Bible right here. And he has angels with swords drawn all the way around him. They're standing around this guy while he studies. Can you imagine if we were to peek out those blinds of the windows and saw angels standing all the way around this building with swords drawn? Uh, it does, doesn't it? Whew. You want that? I want it. I want it. But there's something required of us. You've got to walk in wise behavior according to the will of God. If you are following the Lord with all your heart as David was, this is going to be you too. But for those who are faking it like Saul did, and here's where I got to get rough. I'm sorry. No, I'm not really. I'm not. (laughs) Because this was me at one time. For those of you who are faking it, as sure as the Lord lives. Yeah, you don't mean it. The fakers trying to look godly, that is blindness absolute blindness. Saul was so driven to kill David off, he was too blind to see that David was under the special protection of God. How different could this have been if if Saul said, you know what, David, I recognize the calling is on you and not me. Wow. That would have been, that's not how it went. But what if it was like that? He could have seen it. He was too blind. And you know, your enemies, they cannot see the protection on your life either. Just as much as they have spiritual blindness, they can't see the things of God. They can't see the protection of God in your life. And that's why they're not going to understand why you do what you do and say what you say. And they're going to mock you, make fun of you. And so now that we know that God keeps his people, guys, God keeps his people. God Thank you for keeping me. (laughs) He keeps his people. This means that whenever your enemies come against you, we should not respond like unbelievers. When they come at you freaking out, don't freak out in return. You don't have to if you know your protection. We don't respond like unbelievers do. We, we don't respond like somebody that has no hope. We don't respond like somebody who has no faith. We are to conduct ourselves differently. There's a word for that. Holy right. means you're not like everybody else. Yeah, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Just enjoy it. It's fun. I got friends that do me like that. You're weird. I know, but it's a good weird. It's a God weird. I don't want to be like everybody else. We've got to be holy and don't worry with outbursts. Did you know that worry is the red flag? Your faith is messed up. You know, when the football players run around and you see the little flags go all over the field and you're like, okay, who messed up? I didn't see that. And you're looking to try to, I don't watch football anymore, but when they throw the flags, something's wrong. Let's look at the play. What happened? Penalty. That's worry. Worry is that flag. And you see that flag, you worry, you're like, oh, okay, wait, wait, stop. Whatever the situation is, pause. What am I doing wrong? Ask the Lord, show me, pray, read the Bible, something, and he'll show you. That's why we should not react like that. We should react by faith. And grace will give you composure. It will give you self-control. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Why should we act like this? Because... God has given his angels charge over you to keep you, 
to keep you. I got you. Seen a little kid at a swimming pool with floaties. And dad was in the pool and he wouldn't just take him. He's like, jump. And the kid was just, he's like, come on, I'll get you. And the kid just paced and he flipped out. And he's got this big, strong dad who stood above the water line going, come on. Kid was too scared to do it. That's sometimes how I act. And I got to remember, God says, I've got you. I had you before you were here. Trust me. If you walk with Jesus, beware of those who are spiritually blind. Be careful. Spiritual blindness will cause people to think they're doing right when they're really not. We saw that with Saul. Such people will swear to you that they're behaving according to the Lord. Like when Saul said, as sure as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. They will invoke the name of God to get you to trust them. But the Bible warns about these kinds of people in 2 Timothy 3, 5. It talks about men having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What's your responsibility in this? From such people turn away. Get away from them. Oh, no, we're supposed to go out to everybody because we're supposed to uh, uh, get away from them. Get away from them. How do you know who to turn away from when seemingly everybody claims to be a believer? Everybody's invoking the name of God. Oh, yeah, I'm a believer. How do you know who to get away from? You got to watch their behavior. You got to watch what they do. You got to see if what they say matches up to God's word. Well, I don't know God's word. Well, you better start reading it. (laughs) I don't know how you can claim a king and not care to know who he is. You've got to read the word of God. That really got to me when I was teaching college age kids. I talked to them about reading the Bible and found they had never read one chapter of one book in their entire life. Well, I'm too busy. You're 20 something years old and you haven't read one chapter in the Bible ever. Takes like two minutes. Never You claim a king you've never read. You must observe if people's behavior matches their claim of being a believer in Jesus. They must have what's called integrity, which is oneness. Everything's together. Integrity. Integrity is when you actually do what you say is integrity. If someone claims that Jesus is their Lord, but their daily behavior denies that claim, warning. Get away from them. That doesn't mean don't tell them the gospel, but stop hanging out with them. Don't do what they do. They will influence you to be like them. The Bible says, turn away from them. Yes, this is biblical. Hello, America. Welcome to the Bible. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of of the unfaithful will destroy them. Which side are you on? Well, I'm a believer in Jesus. Do you know God's word? No. Have you read the Bible? No. Do you believe everything it says? Yes. Well, how can you know what to believe if you don't know what's in it? I don't know. Those are discussions I have with people. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, almost done. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Guys, Turn on the TV. They're trying to deceive you. They are trying to mess you up. They are lying to you. And I'm not just talking about CNN. I'm talking about Fox and all of them. They're lying to you. 
Well, if all this line, where do we get truth? Hello, I'm trying to tell you to read the Bible. That's the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. But this is what happened to Saul's men. They had been influenced by Saul's wickedness to become wicked themselves. And that's another danger of trying to hang out, hang out with evil company. It'll make you just as blind as them. Oh, but I'm a Christian. Don't be deceived. Well, I, I, I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. Don't be deceived. Get away from those people. The Bible says that the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. They can't see it. So, Ray, if the saved, if the unsaved are blind, then how will they ever see? That's God's job. Psalm 146 and 8 says, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Guys, we saw how the Lord stopped Saul's wicked intentions. He stopped him cold. There was a day when the Lord stopped me from my own wicked intentions. And that's when I got saved by Jesus. And he opened my blind eyes. And for the first time, I could see what's going on. I could see the truth. And I became a proclaimer of the Lord. Amen. And I'll tell you, the Lord has put a protective shield around me just like he did for David. I have got so many stories of people trying to stop me from getting to be a pastor where I'm at to proclaim the the word of God and we're on the radio and all that great stuff. There's been a lot of people that have tried to take me out of ministry before I ever got there. But just like David, that's where our obedience comes in. If you want that shield, you got to be obedient. Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. If I ask you who your enemies are, I know that you had at least one face just pop in your mind right there. (laughs) Would you rather have that enemy be at peace with you? No, I don't ever want to talk to them again. Wait a minute. Do they need to hear the gospel from you maybe? You want them to be at peace with you? Then your ways have to please the Lord. Now you've got to review yourself. Oh gosh, it's not about that guy I don't like. Do I please the Lord? Again, And I get this all the time. You don't have to go to church to be saved, they say. But in that blindness, they are not considering all the warfare that's going to come at them. Our ways have to please the Lord. The Lord says, get in an assembly. David had an assembly of people. He had Jonathan. He had Michael. He had a lot of people around him. Get in an assembly. Your ways have to please the Lord. Do you want that godly force field put around you? If you do, then your obedience is required. That means you've got to stop just living your life on your own terms. You have to actually do what God says. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? It's about like you can't get a job by just sitting around. You've got to get out and do something to get that job. You can't be under God's protection if your ways are not pleasing. Pleasing to the Lord. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. Are my ways pleasing to the Lord? And if certain parts of your life are not, get rid of them dump them. You need to make that change today. Satan desires to have you. If you are saved for eternal life, that's great. But what about until then? There's a lot of warfare between now and then. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.